Nice. <laughs> Relax. Deep breath. <laughs> but you're not thinking like that. Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth, accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Check out my friends Brian and Chris and their podcast, The Greatest Games. They explore coaches' journeys, share some funny stories, and inevitably, Chris tries to stump Brian with some trivia. Check out their website, thegreatestgames.podbean.com, and 816basketball on social media. Veronica, welcome to The Competitive Mindset. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to make some time to see what kind of topics we can dive into here with your path. So let's start with that. Talk to me about your journey and how it's led you to where you are now and what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So my family's always been uh, super competitive and my dad played in the NFL for 13 years. So just right off the bat, like grew up in a pretty athletic household. I have four siblings and three of us were D1 athletes. And so from a young age, it was always like we were getting after it. I remember being five and having like family competitions on who could do the most sit-ups, who could do the most push-ups, who could do the most jump ropes. So like it started from there. And then um, I didn't start getting into playing competitively, like on club sports until I got into middle school and it was basketball. Everything was basketball. And then I decided like in seventh grade, I wanted to see what other sports I could try out for. And I was like, oh, I really want to play volleyball. I only made the team because I was tall. I was like 5'10 in seventh grade. So pretty tall. I was 5'11 in eighth grade, like 6'1 freshman year, 6'2 sophomore year. So always really tall. Um, I made the team. And then uh, the next year I got the hang of it. And then I started playing up from there. And then once I was a sophomore, I was playing on the 18s team, got recruited, got a lot of offers, committed to Oregon, spent four years there, did some USA teams, and then played professionally. And now I'm here in my second, in my soon-to-be second season of playing professionally. Okay, you glossed over some of these years, <laughs> these formative years in middle school and high school where, where you got into it because you wanted to try something different. But is there a moment when you were younger that drew you away from basketball and to volleyball? And what was that? There was definitely a moment where I was drawn away. But initially, when I wanted to try out for volleyball, it wasn't because, oh, I like want to get rid of basketball. Like, I still love basketball. That was my number one sport. But it was like, I wanted my mindset going into middle school was I wanted to try out for like every team possible and see what I could make. And then it ended up just being like basketball and volleyball because like they're just two separate seasons. I could have done track, but running. <laughs> but And then I think once I started, I don't know, I just like loved volleyball. It was just so much fun. I think the team aspect, like coming together after every point, it's just such a unique sport where I think it's the most team sport, I would say. Um, and I think like my growth in volleyball like was so fast and I started getting attention, attention really early and I don't know. I just loved it. I loved where we were traveling. Once I started doing USA, I did USA in eighth grade and made, it was called high performance. I don't know what it's called at the time, but I made like the A1 team. I got to go to Florida and like that team that I played on, like we were in freshman in high school or going into our freshman year, like 
that team, if we were to be a team right now, I don't know who's beating us, honestly. Like, it was the three-time national player of the year who's now on one of the best or the best team in Italy. She was on it, Clea Lanier, who is now also in Italy thriving and national setter of the year. So we have, like, a lot of good players. And it was cool to, like, that was my first time, like, playing on a team where it was, like, girls from everywhere. Basketball, like, I'd be traveling and it was just local girls are the best girls from my area. So I think my experiences, I got to experience a lot more at an early age and I was having a lot more fun. And then I was just, I think doing both at the same time, my body was getting so tired of basketball. Like conditioning is no joke. It's definitely different than volleyball. Like you're doing a bunch of liners in basketball suicides and in volleyball, it's kind of like, if you have a long 30 second rally, you're dead. (laughs) So that did also play a part in it. I was like, oh, I hate running so much. But I think once I um, started elevating like my level of play, I slowly, but surely like was like, I, volleyball is my number one sport. And I tried to quit basketball in eighth grade. Like once I started getting the hang of volleyball a lot more and then my mom wouldn't let me. And she was like, you need to keep playing. Okay. And then she finally let me stop playing my junior year of high school. <laughs> Do you know what was her rationale for wanting you to continue with both? It's funny because at first she said, like, if you if it's too hard, just like pick one sport. And then like when I got to the time where I wanted to, she's like, now she always wanted, I think, all of my siblings to play two sports, except when it came from my brother, but whatever. And uh, or multiple sports. And so I think once I got into high school, she didn't want me to just stop playing two sports I think she wanted me to continue because I was really good at basketball and so she didn't and my family did enjoy watching basketball like volleyball was pretty new to my family like learning the rules and rotations and all that stuff where um my dad like helped coach some of my basketball practices so I think because they enjoyed the game too and they enjoyed watching me play and they understood how I played um they wanted me to keep going and even when I stopped playing basketball, she was like, you still need to do two sports. And so I did high jump my junior year and I had no idea what I was doing. And then my senior year, she finally was like, you can just do volleyball. And I was like, well, here we go. (laughs) So you mentioned fun as the word there. And so I'm curious as you progress competitively, whether it's in high school, playing at a high level in the club or, or whatever you were playing in and then transitioning to college, was there ever a time where you went through a period where it wasn't fun for you or why was it always so fun? Oh, I definitely think like the more you start playing, I mean, for some people, I'm sure like they're always having fun, like, but I do think each athlete does reach a point where it's like, I'm not enjoying this as much, but am I going to stop or am I going to keep doing it? Like, this is something that I've made like, my livelihood almost like I'm a professional volleyball player now but I think when I didn't think I was having fun was probably my senior year at Oregon um it was just we had so many so many challenges like thrown at us we we were supposed to be a mature team that year my senior year and we were just coming off of an elite eight run my junior year and so my senior year was like oh like it's gonna we're gonna be even better and then we had a Two girls in my class transfer, um, two junior or a junior transfer, a sophomore transfer, one of the freshmen transferred, and then two of the my fellows. So there was only three seniors left, and two of them got hurt, 
And so it was just me. And then we had, including red shirts, we had 10 freshmen. And so um, at the start, like spring season, it was just me on the court with the other freshmen. And like when I'd rotate out, it was only freshmen on the court. So it was, it was definitely like a learning curve. I didn't have to, I don't know, like not coach my teammates or I didn't have to push my teammates as hard up until that point because we were always, I was always either the youngest, like my freshman year, like I had a bunch of people older than me, my sophomore year, even my junior year was, we had those freshmen, the five that redshirted, but they were red shirts, which is bad to say, but like we were an old team and like they were there to help us be even better. They were a part of our team, but they, at the same time, they weren't playing with us on the court. And so like, we kind of took the lead. And then by my senior year, it's like, I need you guys all to step up and you've never played before. And uh, ultimately they weren't ready for that challenge. Um, my, one of the seniors was able to come back, but then we just had other injuries that just hurt us really bad. And um, that was the first, I've never lost so many games in my life. And it was volleyball, like is my life. It's not my whole life, but as a student athlete, like it really is everything that you have. Like it's why you go to that school, you pick it for your sport. And so losing, like that after having such a great year and um, wanting to win so bad and like wanting to convince them around you to think the way you do, even though like it's so hard to get a freshman to like have the same mentality as a senior who's like in their last year going out when they think they have so much time, uh, really hard. So it was like super hard mentally, um, super hard physically. I was taking more, taking more reps than I ever had because I was like the go-to player. Everyone knew the ball was coming to me. I had like a double block on everything, sometimes a triple block, like if they're really seeing me. So it was definitely a challenge that I um, I wasn't afraid to face, but it was like one I didn't know I was going to have to face leading up to it. Um, so that was losing all those games and feeling like I'm giving so much and expecting them to like just flip that switch and think the same way. Like it was just a push and pull and it, yeah, I was like, this is not fun right now. <laughs> so I'm curious from a leadership standpoint there, you mentioned in there trying to get them at the level you were, which they just weren't capable of being at. So if you were to go back from a leadership perspective, is there something or some way you could have adjusted your approach to assist your teammates? Yeah, I, I do. I think back to my college experience all the time. And I think I could have done a billion things to not have those girls transfer. And we wouldn't even have to be in that situation. Like if I go even further back, so it's not that we have 10 freshmen kind of scared to play. I don't know. I think in the beginning, because we were ranked eighth going into this two week road trip where we were facing Pitt, who was ranked, I think fourth or fifth at the time. And then Penn state who was ranked top 10 and Minnesota who was ranked top 10. And it was just like, we had those games back to back and then we we're supposed to play our record booster games like against teams who are good for their conference but we were supposed to beat um and willow who was my fellow senior in that game against Pitt, our first game on the road had sprained her ankle and went down and was out the whole east coast road trip so that's when it really was and we were winning in that set and so that was a set to push it to five and we were up by i think like two and late in the set i think it was like 22 19 when she went down or i guess 2219 when she went down and that's when we had to put another freshman and it was just me with them and then I had to go I think if I wouldn't have 
that's when it was it started going downhill. We started losing because we lost to Penn State or yeah, Penn State and Minnesota. And it was just like me and the freshmen. I think if I wouldn't have maybe got on them so hard to start, maybe understood like this is their first time and they're playing top 10 teams to like start their collegiate experience, like kind of like been a little easier on them. Let them have fun instead of them being stressed because I'm trying to do what I think is making them a better player by like pushing them harder, maybe like letting them know like, hey, I don't care and I don't want you to care. Like go out and have fun. I think uh, I think I was really tense in that moment early season. It was just me thinking we got to get to the tournament and it was so early. Like we had so much time losing that one game or those three games wouldn't have hurt us. And I think, yeah, if I didn't have such an aggressive approach to start and wasn't so, I think I led with my emotions a lot, which um, is fine in some circumstances, but I think I definitely got, let my emotions get to me when I, uh, when we started losing. And so. Well, right. The experience (laughs) there, you know, obviously having gone through it now understanding it, but the part of it with the, the freshmen, and you wanting them to come along with how you would approach it, right? And understanding that, you know, as a leader, as a coach, what makes everybody tick is a little bit different. So, oh, yeah. you, like, you can yell at some people, you have to give some people a hug, right? And, yeah. and, and kind of go through that. But we only know what we know at the time, and we learn with those experiences and then go yeah. forward. And by the way, playing like the royalty of college volleyball in that stretch probably didn't help at all when you're talking about <laughs> the Penn States and Pitt. Well, like, it was even bigger because the year before my junior year Minnesota was ranked number one and we had beat them and so we faced them in the tournament again when they were the number two seed at Minnesota and the national championship was in Minnesota so a bunch of Minnesota fans had already bought their tickets to the final four and uh everyone was saying that it was a fluke when we had beat them the first time and so like they're coming to like show that they're better than us and they we didn't deserve to win and then we beat them and so this third time, like them being able to play us again, like it's now it's this small rivalry that was created almost. And it's like they want to beat us even more because we had beaten them twice and took away like their national championship hopes in that moment. So that was like a way bigger game. And they, but they didn't play in that. So it's not like they had those same emotions that I did. Like we need to win. And it's, I don't think I approached, I knew how like, how they were thinking and like who I could yell at and who I had to be a little softer on. But I think when I spoke to them as a collective, um, it could have been like a, a lot more calm because I, I would speak to them individually and be like, no, you're, you're okay. You're this or that. But like those post-game talks where it's like, guys, we need to step up like this and that. I think that could have been guys <laughs> relax, deep breath. Next game. <laughs> But you're not thinking like that. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the freshmen or or the redshirt freshmen were scared or had fear. So I'm curious for you when you're competing, are you driven by the fear of losing or the joy of winning that match or that competition? Hmm. I wouldn't say it's like fear of losing. Like you're, I don't think you should be afraid like that you're going to lose. I think you definitely that's like the saying you want to play to win you don't want to play not to lose and so but I think it's I want to be better than that team on the other side like 
so bad. Like, or the girl who's in my position, I like, I want to beat them individually. I want to beat them collectively so badly. I don't want someone to be done with the match and think they were better than us. And so I think having someone able to say that like, they beat us, I hate that. Like that's because that's always something you could say, oh, well, we beat you. We beat you last year. So like, oh, we beat you this year. Like, oh, we're 1-1. Like we both won. It's whatever. Like you always have, oh, we beat you once. I like, I hate, I hate losing. So I think uh, I do love winning definitely, but I, I hate losing more than I love winning. So I'm curious about moments that had an impact on you. So when you had a preconceived notion about going to Oregon or doing your USA volleyball tryouts or playing professionally, what was a light bulb moment that you had when you got there because it was not at all what you previously perceived it to be? Um, I think when I did USA, I mean, you never know what it's going to be like when you step into the gym. Um, there's so many girls and you don't know like what coaches are thinking, like who they're going to pick. And I think uh, once I was on my, the youth national team, um, there's a lot of talent. I mean, there's a lot of talent in every USA gym, but once I made that team, it was the tryout process was so hard on me because I'm a very smiley person. And like my coach at the time was very serious and I'm not sure he liked no, I'm, I'm sure he didn't like how much I, like, I, I joke around a lot too. So, I mean, I feel like unless you don't know me, unless you know me, then it, yeah, I guess you don't understand. I don't know. Um, and so I went in there like knowing that USA was going to be hard and like playing other countries, traveling was going to be hard, but I think like um, getting there and it's, we had three practices a day and it's just like you wake up, you have your early morning practice, you go to breakfast, and then you have your lunch practice, uh, or lunch practice, you have your practice, then you have lunch, and then you have your other practice, and you have dinner, sometimes you like have a long time, you have dinner, then you have practice, and it's like this, I realized then it's like, okay, if I want to be playing at the highest level, I'm going to be practicing a lot, like this is way different, because at that time, like you really only had the youth national team was right after I think it was after my freshman year but like before that was like all I knew was club and high school volleyball which is like maybe a two-hour practice every day every other day so it's like that was my first time really seeing how high level players train and then also the same for like internationally the rules are different and so it's like you need to um I think when you're in the U.S. and you're in my position, I'm a middle on the right side, but middles feel like you only have to block and hit. And like when you're overseas or playing internationally, like you need to be able to do every skill just because the rules are slightly different where it doesn't benefit those who are only good at a select few of skills, select amount of skills. So I think then it was like, okay, well, I need to apply myself a little more because this is this is going to be hard. <laughs> I think I let my talent like carry me a little bit. And then I was like, all right, talent and hard work. <laughs> okay, so there's a third component that some people believe in. And, and so this is luck. 
And I've always been in my life when people say good luck to you, I always respond with luck has nothing to do with it. That's my own Mm -hmm. personal thought. So I'm curious for you, what are your thoughts on luck? And how has it played a role in your success or not at all? I don't know what my, that's a tough question. I would say like, I do believe in like a lucky shot, like a lucky swing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got that in. Like (laughs) that was crazy, but I don't, but that's like a small play. I don't know if like, I would say, oh, you got lucky that you won that game or something like that's a whole sometimes like three hours of what do you mean luck when you had that many chances? But I would say I've been lucky in a lot of my situations that I've played in with my teams, like being able to um, play in France last year and then realizing that maybe eight, nine months overseas is not exactly what I wanted to do and wanting to play in a little bit of a shorter season. And then the American League just so happens, like the Athletes Unlimited happens last year. And it's like, oh, wow, for the first time, like there's an American League right when I like want to play in a shorter league and I get to play in America. Like with no one or some people have been able to do like a long time ago, but like we have never seen a professional league in America. So to be able to be a part of that, I'm like, okay, I'm really lucky because there's only, I think there's 44 girls And so I feel like it just happened. There's, I think it's like right place, right time. Like that's when it lines up like that. I think that's kind of lucky, but I don't know how I feel about um, like lucky wins or unlucky losses because it's like, yeah, things can go your way or can't go your way, but there's, unless you have a ref calling every point against you, there's no way like that was a lucky win. Like you, your team was outplayed or you guys didn't play your best. All right. Let's talk about motivations a little bit. And so when there's days when you don't feel like working out to prepare for your season or tryouts, whatever it is, how do you motivate yourself into making progress for yourself? Um, actually happened to me today. I was so tired. I woke up a little later. I did set my alarm. I woke up in a rush and I was like, I really don't want to work out. It's a conditioning day. Uh, but I think when you put it into the perspective, which is like hard to do sometimes when you're in it, but if you think of it in like a broader thought, like it's an hour of suckiness. Like I have an hour of conditioning and there's so much time in the day. I'm once I finish with this, like I can go home, I could shower and I could lay in bed all day if I wanted to. But this is an hour where if you have like a three hour practice, it's like three hours of your whole life, your whole day is really not that much. I can watch a movie. I can watch Avatar on my couch for three hours and like and do so, so many things the rest of the day. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I watched that movie at the beginning. Like it's, I don't know, I think it's so small when you try to think of it and when you try to put it in perspective. So when I don't want to do something, I just like think of it in the broader scope. Like I'm like, it's only like such a small amount of my time. Like even playing my sport, like I've been playing for, I don't know how long now, 12 years. I'm not sure. And even like, I hope to grow old. Like I'm like, Oh, 12 years of my life. Like that's not even that much. Like, I don't know. So I think and that's my whole playing career. And I I feel like there's going to be so many other experiences that I go through that 
I don't know. It's when it gets hard, I just think like it's 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 gonna feel horrible in the moment, but it's really not as long as you think it's gonna be. Okay, I want to dive in a little bit with being a professional athlete and training for yourself. So when you say today was a conditioning day, who's determining that for you? Do you have people who who you've brought into your life to help you with that? Is this something that you developed on your own? What's your process for training? For me, personally, I know a lot of people can do like conditioning on their own and all of that. And I applaud people who can do that. Like I am so jealous of them. I definitely need someone else there. Not that I don't feel like I can do it for myself or I don't want to do it for myself, but I always like feel better when it feels like I'm doing this because like it's going to help my team. Even though I'm like paying the person to like make me do this. It's like he's, <laughs> I'm doing this because like I don't want to not show up when I know like he's ready to be training me. Like, I don't know. And so I knew like coming and moving to Green Bay, like for this season, like I knew I needed to be working. And I was like, I need a trainer because if I don't have a trainer, like me trying to convince myself, like if I'm going to go do like 30 sprints or maybe I'll go on a walk in my neighborhood and be like, oh, that's good enough. I'll, I'll find a way to convince myself, be like, you'll do it tomorrow or something. But like, if I have a set schedule and I know like I'm expected to be somewhere, like by someone or something, like I need to be somewhere. I think it's just being on a team for so long. Like I, uh, so I like needed the trainer. So I got one and he has set like my days and what I'm supposed to be doing. So he set that I have a conditioning day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You know your limitations. You know where you need assistance, and, and you're getting it to help yourself yeah. succeed. Uh, yeah, that that's great. All right, uh, let's step uh, a little bit outside now and talk about someone else. So, tell me about a mentor in your life that you had or have, and a lesson that you use from them on a regular basis. I would say I've had two like really close coaches to me in my life. My high school coach was only my high school coach my senior year, but. Um, he, I went to an open gym in eighth grade and he um, was one of the coaches on the court and I had sprained my ankle and I wanted to keep playing. And he was like, don't worry, like, you're going to be good. Like, you're going to be really good one day. And like him saying that to me and is like something I obviously still remember. And it's just like someone believing, because that was my, like, that was one of the best club teams in my area. And it was my first time, my second year playing. So I was like, oh, I hope I make it. Like, I was so nervous. And then for him to say that to me and then he like took the time and we did privates together and I always tell people like if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have been as good as I am today um so I think just he has been a mentor in the way that he is always giving back and I think um like when a girl like right now I'm like coaching privates and it's like if I could help someone else or like if someone asks me like, oh, can you talk to my team? I'm like, yes. Like if people have questions, like I want to answer them for him. So I think like he did a good job saying that. And um, my head coach at Oregon, he uh, he was an assistant coach at the time. And like I went to Oregon because of him. And so when he got the head coaching job my sophomore year, I cried. I was so happy. He just like, 
I feel like we've gone on a journey together of growth, like him growing into a head coach because he was so young when he became a head. He was like 32, 33 when he became the head coach at Oregon. So, and then he was recruiting me since I was 15. And so like we had been in communication for a long time. And so he knew how to talk to me. I knew how to talk to him. Like there was, we respected each other. We knew how to like push each other's buttons for sure. But he had taught me so many lessons at my time at Oregon that like now I hated our warm up. Like I hated doing it. And now I make the girls that I train like do it because like it actually, which he's, I hope he doesn't see that, but he actually knows what he's talking about. And like the things that he would say to us, like pregame or after games and the individual conversations that we would have, he was just always wanted the best for me. And he was always like such a great coach and like an even better person and like family man. And so I look up to him a lot. He's like my favorite coach. He'd always say, um, what was his thing? I, I'm like trying to think of the specific saying that he has. Wait one sec. It was, don't, oh, it's to control the controllables. And I always like kind of carry that with me. It's like, you can, he would always be like, you can't control, like if you're in pain some days, like if you hurt your ankle, you like are missing I don't know, like the connections off between you and your setter, but he's like, you can't control the effort that you give and you can't control like the talk that you're giving to your teammates and the talk that you're giving to yourself. Like, so always control the things that you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't. And I think like as an athlete or sometimes as a person, like you're always stressing about everything and like, how can I make this better? Like that person do this. And it's like, you can't, like they're going to play how they play. They're going to do whatever and all you can do is how you motivate them and how much effort you're going to put in hopefully everyone follows suit so um he taught me a lot of lessons and I love him and I definitely look up to him as a player and coach all right so let's look to the future now tell me about your next project that you have and your motivations with it um so I'll be playing in Athletes Unlimited in their second season so that's in Dallas I'm pretty sure it starts first week of March and I'm just really excited just because it's like the first USA league and I'll be able to play professionally in front of my family and friends. And I think also just being able to play in your home country is as a volleyball player, like that's just not as an American ball, that's so rare to do. And so to be like one of the first people in like my generation to do that, I know like it happened like, um, couple of older generations there was an American League for a short period of time but to be able to do this is so cool and I think I'm very ready to play again this as I mentioned before like this is my first time not competing in the fall so it's just like training I was practicing with uh, UWGB's volleyball team and now their season's over so it's like I'm just like itching to get in the gym like itching for some competition I want to like play against someone, like have it, have a score, like have a winner, have a loser, put a jersey on. Like I'm so excited. And then hopefully like have another USA opportunity. Like um, with me being in America, I think it's also a benefit that um, the USA coach, not that he can't see the games overseas, but it's uh, it's a little harder. 
And so like being able to have like these games live streamed in the US, like and hopefully like he watches and I can prove myself to be one of the best in my position and maybe get in the gym again one day. Like I'm just excited to compete, really. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm gonna get you out of here on a more creative, lighthearted question. So put on your creative brain hat for a second. <laughs> You're looking inside a refrigerator. What um, one item inside of that refrigerator best identifies who you are as a person and why? Ooh, what one item? I would say, ooh, so many items in the fridge. <laughs> I well, would say. Depends at what point in life. When I was in college, there wasn't a lot in the refrigerator. I, <laughs> I would say a fruit cup like the pineapple fruit cups I love those <laughs> and because <laughs> easy going I think I'm an easy it's like really easy like an easy to go thing but it's fun to have around like <laughs> they're always um a must have when you're shopping like it's never me I'm a must have <laughs> so funny I don't even know how to explain this I just think it's like easy go like it's an easy item uh, I don't think I'm complicated in any way uh, I think it's always good I think I'm usually in a good mood a lot of the time uh, I don't know <laughs> I'm just gonna give that answer you, you nailed it we can go with that and that's the first time we've had that answer I appreciate it Veronica, thanks for taking the time. Best of luck with Athletes Unlimited this year. And thanks for coming on the Competitive Mindset. Thanks for having me. Competitive Mindset music was produced by DJ Jojo Moore. And all images were created by Elena Keel. Be sure to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and follow us at Competitive Pod.